This is the Business Storytelling Show with Christoph Trapp. Name a top 20 storytelling podcast and a top 5% podcast globally. Christoph chats with thought leaders and experts to share tips and tricks that can help you tell your company's stories better to drive business results. Available wherever you listen to podcasts, live streamed on major social media channels, and part of the DB&A television network, available on most U.S. television sets and streaming on Roku and Amazon Fire. Here's Christoph with today's episode. Let's go. Let's go business storytellers. How's everyone doing? Today's topic, AI. It's been so interesting to me to dive into this topic. You may remember a couple years ago, um, I'm thinking 2018, I made it the year of AI. I went to the uh, Marketing Artificial Intelligence Conference in Cleveland. It was the first one, maybe it was 2017. I, I don't remember, 2018, I think. Um, but there's still so much to learn. So today, I'm going to be fanboying here for just a moment. Um, today's guest wrote The Zero Moment of Truth. And that book I read a decade ago. So I made the move over from journalism to marketing, maybe uh, two years before that. And um, that was definitely an interesting read, definitely helped me in my career move forward. So I'm allowed to be a fanboy for just a second. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but today we are going to talk about this person's latest book, The AI Marketing Canvas. If you haven't been able to guess yet who's coming on the show, Jim Lisinski is joining me from the Chicagoland area. Jim, welcome. Hi, Christoph. It's a pleasure to be with you and your audience. Nice to see you. Nice to see you as well. Really appreciate you making the time. So tell me about a the AI marketing canvas. What is that? Yeah, well, as as you said, um, you know, lots of new technologies out there for marketers to be thinking about. Uh, Bitcoin, blockchain, non-fungible tokens, lots of technologies that marketers have to think about. And, and one of those key technologies, I believe, uh, is uh, what to do, how marketers can apply and implement uh, a version, a subset of artificial intelligence we can talk about called machine learning into their marketing toolkit. So what this book is all about is an exploration of what that is, what that means, and a, and a roadmap or a, a guidepost, if you will, for marketers to get started. So, and how do you get started? I mean, it's always, I'm always amazed by when, when people, when I talk about AI and I'm like, oh, oh yeah, that's AI. That's AI. Okay. We're already using it here. Sometimes it kind of slips in. And I remember the, the marketing AI conference in Cleveland, they actually had a session that was literally called, is this AI? Is that AI? <laughs> so sometimes it's just kind of like, you know, like it's just part of it. Right. And sometimes you have to make an effort or how, how, how do people get started? Yeah, no, that's right. And by the way, what a great conference that was. Another one coming up uh, virtually uh, this fall. So I would encourage folks to, if they're interested in the topic and want to learn more, great organization and a great conference. So, yeah, I mean, first, I think the, the way to start thinking about this is just sort of an overall understanding of, you know, what is artificial intelligence? What is machine learning? I mean, a lot of folks, I think, have maybe scary perceptions of this from you know, Tom Cruise, Matrix movies, all kinds of things like this. But look, I mean, AI, uh, generally speaking, is sort of the broad field of study of how um, non-human entities, machines, can act and do things in a human-like way. And then a subset of that being machine learning. In particular, we're, we're interested now in, in how uh, we can train and use and benefit from machines um, 
learning, so to speak, and we can talk more about what we mean by that, but using some input, some training data from, from uh, our, our marketing efforts, uh, and then making highly accurate predictions as to what's the right, best, next message, product, offer, price, customer. And if you think about it for a minute, Christoph, I mean, marketers don't usually think this way, but but marketing is a field, is a discipline that's all about prediction, right? I mean, how long have we all talked about, you know, right best product, right best place, next best offer uh, to get into our customers' hands? And, you know, often we've done that maybe based on our intuition or our previous experience. Seems like this would be the right message to tell folks or send folks or show folks. Seems like that would be a good marketing channel to use. Um, increasingly, marketers have done that augmented with assisted by data. Um, you know, we've all talked a lot about big data, but, you know, even small data like spreadsheets have helped us. Um, but now we're at the point where it actually is possible and practical to have the combination of human plus machine to do those things. And um, yeah, you may already been doing be doing that in your marketing. For example, if you're, I don't know, advertising marketing on Facebook uh, uh, with Google AdWords, um, there are, or using programmatic media buying, we can talk about all of those, but those all are um, machine learning powered ways of um, uh, marketing. So they can really help us. What's interesting too is, so I grew up in the journalism world, right? Before, mm-hmm. I mean, now I'm now I'm dating myself here, I guess, but, but, but everything was gut feeling. Is this a good story? Is that, a, I mean, nobody measured anything anywhere, right? Like yeah. subscriptions were one thing and that was about the only thing. And don't get me started on the salespeople who would tell me um, how many people read the, each pay, page or whatever, right? Like, you don't know. It's all based on talking to people. So now we have real data, and now we can make decisions based on that. Now, what's the importance, though? I mean, where's that fine line between just letting it run? And, I mean, somebody still has to supervise it, right, and kind of make sure things – it's no different than email marketing, totally different rabbit hole here, but – Email marketing is wonderful when you automate it, but you still have to supervise it. You still have to check it sometimes. You make sure the right people are, are taken out of a cadence or whatever it might be. Very similar in AI or not? Yeah, I think that's well said. And, and we want to maybe make the point here that, that we don't want to confuse means and ends or just chase shiny objects, I guess, as marketers often call it. Um, you know, AI is not a strategy. AI or machine learning is a means for you to successfully achieve your strategic or your business or your marketing objectives. So you're hundred percent right. Uh, I totally agree that you have to sort of say, what is it that we're trying to accomplish here? Is it revenue growth year over year, profit growth year over year, market share gains uh, among what customers, like what is our strategy? Uh, and then we can have the conversation about how AI can help us better achieve that, what tests we can set up, what experiments we can run, et cetera. But yeah, I mean, we make the point in the book and, and, and you made the point uh, eloquently there, Christoph, is that, you know, we, we can't just sort of say, hey, AI is our strategy. No, 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 no. Your strategy is, you know, how do I um, increase customer retention or decrease customer attrition? AI, machine learning specifically, is, is a means to help us do that more effectively. It's funny you say that AI is our strategy. No, no, no. I mean, that's we should make that into a T-shirt or something. Yeah. Um, there's so many people really like they're just chasing the latest squirrel, right? The latest shiny object, I guess. Um, so you, you have to use it as part of your strategy. Now, 
a couple of examples that come to my mind. Um, so mm -hmm. social media, right? When I still think social media works, but you have to, um, there's ways to automate it, right? So I'm a big fan of Buffer, for example. Mm -hmm. Email marketing. I think email marketing is great and, you know, as annoying as it can be. But so I know when I pick the right tools that can help me automate certain things and then tie it back into my CMS or CRM, I guess, rather, um, you know, it can be very beneficial. What are some of those, for, for lack of a better term, quick wins um, or early wins for AI? What, where, where can most marketers use it relatively quickly? Yeah, um, you mentioned a couple. Let's let's talk about those. I, I would start by maybe before we talk about the quick wins, maybe dispelling a misperception or common belief among marketers of what it is required to get started. I often talk to marketers and they say, "Oh, you know, I don't have the the headcount, the capex, the opex, the budget to like go hire a floor full of PhD computer scientists to do this for me in house." Um, I don't have the budget to acquire a company. I mean, we all read the the headlines, McDonald's, Ulta Beauty, uh, John Deere. Uh, last week, Neiman Marcus uh, have acquired machine learning or AI-based companies. No, 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 no. That's not the first step. And in fact, in, in the marketers we interviewed, a lot of the stories is that's actually a good recipe for a hard fail, right? No, that's not where you get started. So it's more along the thinking of what, what you just mentioned there, Christoph, is but we, we encourage marketers by to start by looking around for the budget they already have, the programs that they're already running, the partners, agencies, or vendors that they're already working with, and simply ask the question, is there a machine learning powered or machine learning enabled option for us to start with a test? Maybe 80% the old way, 20% the new way. Let's take email marketing as an example. And, you know, no matter who your email marketing provider is these days, whether, you know, you're using someone like Salesforce, they've got Einstein as a, a machine learning powered platform or function within their email marketing system. Uh, even down if you're a small or medium business, MailChimp now can do this and everyone in between. And I'm not here selling, pitching or endorsing any of those platforms, but you should ask your current platform provider or do some research, for example, um, instead of us handpicking what day and time uh, should our email go out, hey, come on, we've all done this, right? Hey, should we send it on Sunday night because there's less clutter in people's inbox, but maybe they're not in the business buying receptivity mode on Sunday night. But then if I send it on Monday, people are busy and the open rates go down. That shouldn't be a sort of a hand-powered human one-size-fits-all decision. Um these email providers now can use machine learning to determine what is the best delivery day, date, time, moment into an individual's inbox based on that individual's history of opening and engaging with emails uh, for your business, but also anonymously in an aggregated basis for all the other businesses that your provider is sending emails out on. Then we can combine that, by the way, with subject line, right? Like what should it say? Okay, well, maybe we write one, maybe we write two and do an A-B test here, but obviously machine learning can author, you know, thousands literally of subject lines. And then by the way, what's in the body of the email itself. So machine learning can make some predictions about that. And so you can pretty quickly see versus, you know, you and I, Christoph, sitting in a conference room saying, well, I think we should send it on Sunday, maybe on Monday, let's use two different headlines. Let's kind of use three different images. Okay, we've just sort of created maybe a six or nine cell test 
Uh, but machine learning can do that on a massive scale in real time. And then importantly, optimize next week's emails based on those results automatically. I, it's just fantastic to hear, and I can. But I can hear some people listening already grown once again. They always do on this topic. Um, but how about the people? How about the humans? I mean, if first of all, I've had plenty of horrible meetings, the ones that you just described, where people have the craziest debates over what image, what subject line, when to send it. Oh, let me Google. Let me let me find an, a blog post that will back up my personal opinion. Like, oh, my God, right? AI can get rid of that headache to begin with. Um, but but what's the role of a person, of the, the professional in that kind of model? Yeah. So, so I would first encourage our listeners, marketers, to think of themselves not as ultimate judge, jury, decision makers with a monopoly on deciding the one best, right, only way to go. Rather, modern marketers need to think of ourselves as um, in the experimentation and prediction business. And that's a constantly evolving, how can we get a little bit better each week, each round, each time, and use machines, use machine learning and AI to help us do that. So, um, you know, rather than, you know, we've all been in these meetings where, where the decision is made by the hippo, you know, the highest paid person's opinion, get out of the hippo business and get into the experimentation business. Now, that doesn't mean that that puts us out of a job or puts us out of work as marketers, because, as you said earlier, defining the strategy, um, setting up the parameters of the test, interpreting the results, making sure that we're optimizing for the right thing. Do we really want to optimize for open rates or actually do we want to optimize for leads or new accounts right, or sales if you're in the e-commerce kind of a business? So determining all of those things, I think, allows and unlocks marketers to sort of use that potential as opposed to spending time, you know, in kind of these silly debates uh, or even in, you know, more routine rote kinds of, of uh, tasks every day. This can free us up to be more strategic and unlock our full human power. I mean, I just think it sounds fantastic. So um, when we, I mean, is email marketing usually the, the easiest entry point for most i mean what you just mentioned I, I i don't know i don't know if i know any marketers who don't use some of those tools i mean and it's amazing to hear mailchimp even has it i mean i remember when mailchimp started and you basically could you know it's like yeah i mean very basic right so um, awesome to see how everybody yeah. all these companies evolve but is that the, the 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 most common entry point or or what is uh, it is. I, I would actually, it, I always encourage marketers to think not so much about the marketing vehicle or the marketing channel, but like what is the question or prediction you want to solve? So, for example, um, I, what is it in your business, in your marketing program, that if you could predict it with a much higher level of fidelity would unlock a step change in business volume? So, I mentioned earlier, it might be. Well, if I were much better at customer acquisition, that would really unlock future growth and profitability for us. It might be retention. Uh, it might be even predicting product development, right? Like what should our flavors of our barbecue sauce be next year? Like this year it's sriracha and wasabi. What should it be next year? Right. So, yes, if you think that, for example, um, 
repeat, like that's typically how customer, uh, how brands would use email marketing, right? For my existing customers to kind of increase their frequency, right? I bought a shirt from you last week or last month. So now you're going to try and get me to increase my purchase frequency. And I use email to do that. So if I think that is what would unlock significant business value, then yeah, for sure, email would be a good way to do that. On the other hand, if you think it's customer acquisition, then for perhaps, for example, um, online advertising, display, banner advertising, as we called it in the old days, maybe search, uh, maybe social, your Facebook ads. Um, if you're using those to bring new customers, acquire new customers in, well, then guess what? All of those providers now have uh, machine learning powered, machine learning enabled solutions. Um, so it might be turning that on in your Facebook campaigns or your Google search campaigns might be a better route for you to go if acquisition is what you're trying to improve versus email that I tend to think of more as a retention tool. Very interesting. And, you know, so the other thing, I don't know if this is AI or not, but so I, I like to buy um, <laughs> football hats and yeah. a lot of times big washing fan, but I'm also, I'm also a big guy. on Facebook and they do work. Don't tell my wife if she's listening. Um, I'm, I'm denying everything, but um, I click on these ads all the time. And sometimes I don't buy, believe it or not. But the reason I usually don't buy is because they don't have whatever I, whatever I clicked on in my size. Mm -hmm. So at some point, I would think that some somebody, some machine could figure out that why I'm not buying and i don't know why they can't because i've bought a similar size before so they certainly know my size right they know what i don't buy so is that just it's just not set up correctly yet or but that's that's where we're heading right 100 that's where we're heading i mean you know we're, we're sort of on the long arc i believe in in the history of marketing from a you know, one to all messaging to one to many to maybe one to few on the path to one to one. And what you described is, a, is an ideal customer experience that we all want, right? Like, please know me, please make relevant recommendations and please don't annoy me with irrelevant or not relevant recommendations. And so, you know, now we talk about sort of a kind of a new emergence in the last two years of a piece of marketing technology called a customer data platform or a CDP. And, you know, again, CDPs are, are now available, not making any vendor recommendations, but from the big guys like uh, Oracle and Microsoft and Salesforce, as well as some more uh, niche or specialized companies like Treasure Data or Segment. But basically it allows and enables a, a customer experience to happen just like the one you desired that you described there, Christoph. So in other words, um, I plug inputs in typically through an API and that could be my sales data, my email results, uh, the results of my Facebook, social media, paid, owned and earned campaigns. Um, and then it identifies what I or what you, an individual customer record, saw and what we responded to. So it should know that you only responded to or bought sort of large size or maybe medium sized hats. And uh, every time we showed you a small size hat or a non-Washington football team hat, you didn't respond. That then becomes the training data for a machine learning brain in a CDP, in a customer data platform, which then for each individual record, for each individual user, forms the basis of the prediction for the next thing that you should see with the next product, the next size, the next offer in the next right best channel.
So that would be sort of one step further in AI maturity is putting in a customer data platform system versus simply turning on machine learning in any of my individual kind of point marketing channels like email individually or search individually. This now connects all of that into a, a unified machine learning powered system. And very interesting and definitely not, Jim, definitely not medium size anything. <laughs> I'll just there be honest go. about that. So, but um, what's interesting too, I mean, on, on the surface, it seems like it could save money, right? Because mm -hmm. so they serve me an ad, I click on the ad every, every single time, basically. Yeah. And then I don't buy, right? And at some point, even if it's a $1 click or whatever the cost is, they're $35 hats, right? So even if I, yeah. I mean, at some point they're losing money on me because they show, keep showing me the wrong size. So can AI can actually save us money, I would assume. Yeah, that's right. Um, you know, we heard stories from lots of brands who think of, of AI or machine learning in their marketing toolkit as an efficiency tool, right? Like cutting out some of that waste, as you described. Um, equally, we've heard stories about it being an effectiveness tool or a growth tool, right? Which is, you know, okay, my click-through rate is 0.000 something percent on my display ads, if you're like most marketers. Well, how can I cut out some of the waste, not show it to people, save money if it's a CPM buy or a CPC buy uh, on, you know, not good prospects? And then how can I find more of know, likely to convert high value prospects. So yeah, it can be used for both efficiency and effectiveness. And of course, and especially in paid campaigns, it's always um, good to drive the cost down. So I know that's always a, that's yeah. a good thing as well. Now, when I, I, I know I mentioned that earlier, I said they should know my size, they should know whatever, they know what I buy, they, you know, they know I like Washington. Um, I get very few ads for other teams. So I think Every once in a while I get Detroit. I don't know why, but um, so I got, they got that mostly down, but how about privacy? And I think you mentioned that earlier too. You were talking about, they're going to send the email when it's best for me. Well, for them to know what's best for me, you know, they got to know more and more about me, I suppose. Yeah, no, that's right. And especially when we think about, um, you, you know, the world that we live in here, um, we want to make sure that marketers who are going down the machine learning enabled machine learning AI powered path abide by strictly abide by all re regulatory, legislative, cultural, moral kinds of issues. And that will vary country by country, culture by culture. And so, you know, most of us, most brands are living under GDPR these days, California Data Privacy Act, um, you know, different kinds of regulatory uh, environments that we live in. And so, yes, if I'm collecting any data from you, if I am then using that data in a way uh, to then power future personalization moving forward, you want to make sure absolutely as a best practice that that generally is opt-in and that people understand what it's used for. And then you protect that data goes without saying, but worth repeating for sure, right? That that's not something that should be shared outside the terms and conditions by which it was collected. We do spend time in the book talking about reminding everybody about the importance of that. So, you know, thank you, Christoph, for, for, for bringing that very important topic up. You have to abide by that and respect your user's data. You know, a, a kind of a snarky comment here, I guess, but the other day on a show, I said something about if every salesperson could just stop asking me how I'm doing, you know, or, or no, no, they don't ask me how I'm doing. They ask me, hope you're doing well. That's yes. like every email. 
did you get my email asking you, hope you're doing well. Um, I mean, so it can really cut down on some of that nonsense, right? Instead of just sending me 29 emails, you might be able to send fewer. Yeah, uh, fewer and more relevant emails and also start to connect online with offline. And, you know, look, I mean, you know, with pandemic being what it is, maybe we've been less often in bricks and mortar stores, but, you know, bricks and mortar stores are alive and well. And so, you know, you go into... Know, pick a store, J. Crew, Banana Republic, and they sort of say, can I have your email address? Or they might ask to confirm your zip code. Well, you know, with those four, I guess what marketers would call primitives, with your name, your telephone number, or your mobile phone number, uh, your email address, and your physical address, with those four things, now we can start to, you know, use some various um, identity graphing or identity resolution systems and start to, start to stitch together, you know, was that your phone that visited our website or is on our app? Was that you who placed an order or called our call center? Was that you who came into the store and bought something? And so that allows us now a more holistic view of you as an individual and therefore should allow us to make, you know, better, more personalized, timely, relevant recommendations to you, which should be a better customer experience, less of those sort of annoying, irrelevant messages, but then also power a more effective and cost-efficient system for us as marketers. You know, I guess the, the cliche at this point then, Christoph, is it's the proverbial win-win if this is done well for everybody. When it's done well, if it's done well, rather, I guess. Um, very interesting discussion. Check out the book. Um, Jim Lisinski, that book just came out. Did it come out just recently, right? Yeah, it came out from Stanford Press in May. And um, we've been really pleased with the initial reception from, from marketers who you know, are interested in learning about how to implement AI in their marketing toolkit. You know, We kind of cheekily say that uh, it can help you get from zero to hero um, following the five-stage roadmap that we've laid out for folks. Well, you're definitely a marketer, zero to hero. That's easy to remember for sure. Really appreciate you making the time. Thanks for sharing your knowledge. It's my pleasure, Christoph. Thanks for having me and thanks to your listeners. That's a wrap. Thanks for tuning in. Please rate and review our show on your favorite podcast channels. And don't forget to share this episode with your networks. We appreciate you. Until next time, let the best stories win. Hello. Hi. Are you still there? I have a special offer for you. Thanks for listening all the way to the end. My going live book is now available on Amazon.com. And if you're in the United States, I'm happy to send you a signed copy, which you can order at paypal.me forward slash C. T-R-A-P-P-E, C-T-R-A-P-P-E, forward slash 12. Thanks for your interest. If you're not in the United States, I can't send you a signed copy, but of course you can order on Amazon.com.